I was really encouraged by Sarah's um, message last week, and I, I knew that I had to share this message this week. Um, would it be great if life wasn't so complicated? Huh? I did my sermon yesterday, three hours, early in the morning, did it all, walked with my iPad to the front room just to check something, and fuck ends, when you walk like up with an iPad, you undo. Undid the whole thing. And says, oh, no, it's, oh, but it's okay. I've got the cloud. Thank God for the cloud. Eh? It's up there somewhere. But unless you close the file, it doesn't save. Unless it lost a whole lot. And I couldn't believe it. Tried to recover it. Spent hours trying to recover it. Gone. He says, that's it. Forget it for a while. So I came back to it last night. And, um, Phallic's Tinky Tea. Tinky Tea drinkers. Fuzzy maskers. Phallic's Mask Tea. Well, this is not a Tinky sermon. This sermon's been masking my heart since January. <laughs> so, fair, so I thank God this is not a Tinky Tea sermon. This is not instant, but this has been a process in my life. And um, we're going to read Samuel about David. I thought Sarah was going to pinch my sermon last week. Who are the places in the Bible to be picking? She picks David. But I thank God she says chapter 2, not chapter 1. Aye, first Samuel, not second Samuel. So life's a bit complicated. Yeah? So here's David. He was anointed as king a long time ago. Well, 80 month, uh, a year, 80 months. A year and 80 months before this happened. Anointed king by Samuel. Seek toot, forgotten by his dad. Samuel comes up and says, I want to anoint the next king. Is this all your sons? Aye. Oh, but he's not here. Oh, I've got one mare. He's in the, he's in the field. Go and get him. David, you're anointed king. And we so great. Would it be a great movie? Well, would it be a great movie? If David just became king that next day, it wouldn't be kind of boring, would it? Uh, what about the princess and the tramp? Put Max, put Max thinks life's exciting. Put like Max, Max love become love, real love. It's a complications in life, is it? Uh, Max, a good movie. Uh, um, lots of movies. It's not just straight through. It's got a complication in it. And then it all happens. And David's life was a bit complicated. So here he was. He was anointed as king. Then Goliath comes along. He slays Goliath. Saul gets envious. He gets the wrong spirit. Saul tries to kill him. And here he is, anointed as king. And life's went totally wrong, as it were. He's fleeing for his life. Just himself. And then there's one or two other people comes along. And us people are down and outs. Us people have got issues. Us people have got um, real problems. And they're, they're, they're escaping and they're running for authorities. So David's surrounded by all these people. And then mayor comes. And then it becomes 400 of them running for Saul. And then some of mighty warriors that used to fight with David joined in. So now he's up to 600 men 
in Israel trying to escape and become a, and still be alive as Saul tries to hunt him down and kill him. Because Saul thinks, okay, God, you've rejected me as king. You've anointed David as king. But if I, if I can kill David, maybe I'll be king just a wee bit longer. Full of pride and full of the wrong attitude. And David's escaping. So here we have in 1 Samuel 27. If you look your Bibles up, 1 Samuel 27. And this is the point. So I'm just getting the background of what I want to share this morning. So David's going to make a decision. We'll get it up on screen, Nathan. 1 Samuel 27. But David thought to himself, One of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. So David and 600 men with him, with him left and went over to Achosh, son of Malak, king of Gath. David and his men settled in Gath with Achish. Each man had a family with him, and David had two wives, Ahinam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, the widow of Nabal. When, David was told, when Saul was told that David had fled to Gath, he, had, he no longer searched for him there. And actually, I need my glasses. <laughs> I'm getting all. I says, if I didn't big print, I'll sell when I need my glasses. But I did. But, um, I just hate preaching my glasses on because you're getting a wonky. Huh? Maybe that's a good thing, is it? Wonky faces. So, so here we have it. So David escapes the Gath. Bible scholars, who used to live in Gath? Goliath. If you're going to escape to some way, you're not going to escape to the same place as you killed the champion, are you? Huh? You destroyed the champion. But he went to King Achish. And he says to King Achish, Achish, I'm willing to be your servant. Achish says, hey, I can have the Israelite champion at my back. Who better than the guy that killed Goliath watching my back for me? David, you can come and you can live in a royal city. David thinks, oh, that's amazing. I'm living in a royal city. But after a little while, he says, look, King Achish, I've been a good servant. This is in chapter 28. If you just want to read it. Let's read it. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> I nipped up my notes. I just did it quick last night. So David, so he says to him, look, give me my A in town. Give me my A in town. And Achish says to him, okay, I'll give you a zigzag. So David, that's another fantastic thing, is it? Now, long, now, now he's now got Saul on his back because Saul is too scared to get into the Philistine, into the Philistine territory and get him. He's got his town. Our life seems to be working out good. He's now watching his back. He's got yeah, a few robberies here and there. I'm on the, I'm on the, um, the rebels. And he's surviving. He's got other families aside him. He's got his two wives aside him. Two wives a good thing? No. 
No, hi again. One wife's enough for me. Um, he's got his two wives with him. He's got his, if you don't care, he's got his kids, but he's got two wives. And these, these guys have all got their families. And it's all good in the enemy territory. What cans? It's a bit easier if he wasn't a Christian. Do you think it would be? Grass is always greener on the other side. Eh? Oh, if I didn't have this rules, if I didn't have this regulations, if I could just run my business the way Abby runs my other businesses, if I could just dodge the taxes like Abby dodges taxes, if I could just get, do this, if I could just do that, life wouldn't be so hard being a Christian. Doing the right thing. Always having to forgive. Always have to give the extra mile. Always feeling you've got to please God. Always feeling this, and it seems so, you got weary. You got tired. You got doing. You got just, oh, I just want an easy life. Oh, you just want an easy life some days. <laughs> huh? Oh, you want an easy life some days and just think, oh, if only life was like this. If only there were rules and regulations. That's David. And here he is, and he's, he's just living the dreams that were in enemy the, the territory. But one thing is, he was out of the will of God. He wasn't for God wanting him to be. He made his end decision in leaving and going to Ikesh. And this was the fundamental sin in his life. And here we have it. Wars are what I break out. The Philistines against the whole army of Israel. Achish now asked David to become his personal bodyguard. And um, David says, okay, I'll be your bodyguard. And there's all the other kings, all the Philistine kings are lined up, five of them. And they look at David, and they recognize him, and says, David. Achish, why's that dude? Is that David? Is that David you've got beside you? The Israelite champion. He says, yes. He says, he's been a good servant to me. But all this time, one year and four months, he's never let me down. And he's my personal bodyguard. And they turn around and says, there's no way that this guy is going to be in the back of this battle as we are fighting in the front. But he's got ideas. He's got to come up from behind us. He's got a slayer, and he's got to be a biggest, bigger champion than he's ever been. You need to send this guy him. This guy has no right to be in this battle. So Achish turns around to David and says, David, I'm really sorry. I would hate you, but these guys were not. And you're on your road home. And what an exciting time for them, for David and his men. Only three days ago, they kissed their families goodbye. Never again. They were to return. Imagine that. Imagine war broke out. And you leave your family. And you had to go away. Naked and you would never return. But three days later, they say, you didn't eat you. We got a fight for him battle. Just you go back. We'll deal with Saul. And David must be thinking, wow, maybe I'm going to be king after all. Maybe God's got this work to it. Maybe there's something about to happen that's going to put me as king. And I ain't going to kill Saul. I've tried to kill him all this time. But hey, 
God's on my side. So he starts on this journey home. And he's journeying home. And here's the main part of it I want to share with you this morning. In 1 Samuel chapter 30. They've been traveling for three days. To home. To their families. To their friends. You could just picture it with me. They're just coming over the last hill. And they're just about to see their families. And they're just about to embrace them for the next... For, if I came home and had a party, no one's missing. There's no death in the camp. There's nothing. Always the good idea is a big celebration. And then chapter 30 starts like this. On the glasses. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev at Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burned it. They had taken captive the woman and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off and went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it and destroyed it by fire, and their wives and their sons and daughters taken captive. So David, so David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahim and of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nebel, of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was better in spirit because of his sons and his daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Carnage. You come and hate your families. You come and hate your loved ones and your friends. And the place is empty. Totally gone. Carried away. Nothing worth living for. All hope is gone. They've plundered the whole lot. No animals, just an empty town. Nothing left. Depression sits in. Fear. Guilt. We should have left someone to guard. We should have done this. We should have done that. If only, if only we'd done this. If only we'd done that. And then the whispers start. This is David's fault. It's David's fault. It's David's fault. And the whispers grow louder and louder. If I've got a deal with David, this is all his fault. Society's never changed, is it? See, something happens. We've got to find someone to blame, have we? We've got to find someone to blame. This is his fault. That's her fault. That's their fault. And his blame game starts. If I've got a deal with David, I can't think we've got a deal. We've got to stone him. David's alone in the enemy territory, surrounded by men that want to stone him. Where is our left to go? And this is the most important part of what I want to share with you this morning. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You can, that sometimes in life we make decisions. Sometimes in life we go through situations and we've got nobody we can turn to. It might just be a small thing. 
It may be a big thing, but you feel so, hey, I've got folk running about me, but I've got nobody I can turn to. Where do we go in that situation? I've got something wrong, but I didn't feel so I can share it with somebody. I didn't feel it's so personal that, that, that I, need to, I, need to, I need to voice it out, but I didn't know how to. You need to preach to yourself. You need to learn how to preach to yourself. And I've learned over the last years to preach to myself. I've learned since January how to preach to myself because I went through some stuff. But what does your sermon look like? <laughs> huh? You're looking in the mirror at your life and you're saying, where do I start? How do you preach to yourself? It's okay for me to preach to you, but preach to myself? I kind of lie. I kind of pretend, I kind of say, okay, it's all right, because it's not all right. Every one of us in some time in your life will be in a situation. You will need to speak to yourself. You need to speak out, because there's power in the spoken word. There's a lot of times that you share stuff, and the revelation comes. I found that in my own life. I work, with a, I work with a plumber sometimes, and when I say his name, you're probably like him for years. He has a full-blown argument with himself. I can't believe you put a pipe there. You cut pipe too short. I'm thinking, what is he speaking to? He cut the pipe. <laughs> he cut it too short. He put it there. He's a blow the, he's a blow the grunt, and he's muttering about himself. He's arguing with himself. He's speaking himself through the job, but he's nay. He's encouraging himself. Martin White. <laughs> and if you ever have Martin White in your house, you'll can. When he's in a full-blown argument, it's not with you. It's with himself. He's the funniest guy to be working with you. And um, we need to hear a sermon to ourselves when things go wrong. And David needs to give himself a good talking to he need to encourage himself. There's nobody else running about him. Does somebody need to encourage himself sometime in life? Huh? Fit in earth are you playing at? Come on, you need to go for a walk with me, and I need to sort myself out. You think you're schizophrenic, but hey, it helps. I can't believe you just did that again. I can't believe you lost your temper again. Somebody been there? Huh? We've all been there because we're human. And David did us. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of suing him. Chapter 6, verse 6. Each one was bitter in spirit because his sons and daughters. David was at a loss. But he turned to himself. He looked himself square in the eye and he started to speak. Where am I? Where are you, David? What's happening? That's an honest question to ask yourself, is it? Where are you at in the Lord this morning, John? What are you doing, Martin? Are you for God, want you to be? 
Is this a life that you're living? Is it a place that God wants you to be? Is the job that you've, you're in exactly where God wants you to be? Where are you? What are you doing? Are you living each day for him? Are you giving your best each day? Not just in trying to make a, a pound and pay the bills. But are you making yourself available each day for the people that comes in your way? To be his hands. To be his feet. Are you living for yourself? Are you living for him? Come on, David. Talk to me. Why are you in Philistine? Why are you in the Phil- I'm in the Philistines. Why are you never in Israel? Who brought you here? Did you ask the Lord? Who gave you the job? Did you ask the Lord? Did you ask God his opinion before you did this? Did you ask God his opinion before you did that? Did you ask God his opinion in that relationship? Or did you just do it? David just did it. And now, he was paying the bill. There's no such thing as a free ride. It's a, buy a car, interest free. Where's the interest? It's on the total. Only hidden in a different way. Same with David. There was no interest free living in Philistines. There was a cost. And at this moment in time, it cost him everything. It cost him his wife, wives, <laughs> two wives. It cost him two wives and his friends. It cost him his. Abdeed surrounded him and he was alone. Ever been alone? He took account. He tallied the books. Didn't really match up. God, where are you? His choice was wrong. He faced that. Lord, my choice is wrong. And I'm sorry. I chose to go to Gath. You didn't lead me. I chose to bring my family. It was my choice. We need to be so careful in our choices, folks. Big and small. It's not the big things that rob us, I've said this before. It's just my choices that robs us. It's the things that seem so insignificant that can rob us. And we may be careful in who we acquaint ourselves with, the relationships we form, and far we surround ourselves with. Surround yourselves with people that have been on the path, that are still going for it, and can still encourage you and to greater things. Choices. What if Mary said no? Lord, can't you say to Gabriel? But um, there's no way something's gone inside my womb. How different would the world be if Mary said no? How different would the world be if Billy Graham said no? 
Reverend Bonke said no. How much millions of people wouldn't they hear the gospel? I, God, could have used somebody else. I, as well, and that's our argument. The difference is that we made a difference to them. And it makes a difference to you. And it makes a difference to me. We need to be careful in the choices we mark. But the second part of this verse is amazing. David encouraged himself from being there in his God. Do you know who he is? Nathan's got a press clip. His God. And this is the God we serve. This is Shadrach, Meshach, Neabendigo, Lockridge. A long time ago. And he's got to share you his God. And his God is our God. You need to hear us. You need to get words on your stroll. I've, I watched this. I watched the whole sermon last night. It was an hour long. And it was an amazing, amazing speaker. And this is how he finished his sermon. Are we okay, Nathan? Are we okay? Okay. <laughs> David preached himself. And he said this. David, do you remember Samuel coming to your dad's house and anointing you as king? Do you remember other times that you escaped from Saul? Do you remember the, 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 the psalm you wrote? The Lord is my shepherd. Do you remember that, David? Do you remember it? You're lying here in bitterness. You're lying here looking, looking doing yourself. You're getting all discouraged. But do you remember how God saved you? Do you remember how God anointed you? Do you remember how Samuel picked you out? Do you remember that words or that songs that you wrote? Do you remember it, David? Now's the time to start remembering in, in, in the promises in fact God has done in your life. Don't look doing it yourself. And we need to remember, remind ourselves or the faithfulness of God in our lives. How God brought you through. How God saved you. How he's changed you. How he's molded you. How he's blessed you. How he's, in, he's just poured his blessings upon you. How you've got a house. How our houses aren't flooded this week. How, how the storm has missed us this week. How blessed we are as a people. We need to be thankful this morning. We don't need to be depressed about our lives and, our, and if it's happening in our lives, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord our God because he is our God. We need to speak to ourselves and say, look, I can't think this is hard. I think I can't think this is sometimes tough. But hey, God, you've blessed me. You're bigger. You're greater. You're stronger. You're mightier. You're omnipotent. You're alpha. You're omega. And this is how us man did it. I can never date like this. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's 
eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? amazing. What a sermon. What a finish to a one-hour, six-minute sermon. Eh? An old, old guy preaching his heart out. You need that in your life this morning. I need that in my life this morning. It pumps me up every time. We're invincible when we believe that. Next time you're feeling doing, get on to YouTube. Shadrach, Meshach, just type it in. SM. S.M. Lockridge. Type it in. That's my king. From your feeling doing, you get that air. You pump up full volume and you start focusing your eyes on the Lord. He will lift you. He will motivate you. He will empower, empower you. You'll see things as they really are, not how you see them. Huh? He will lift you up. He will show you things that you never saw possible. He will do something in your life and that's how I believe for David. That's when I picture David encouraging himself in the Lord. That's when I see him. I could see David getting pumped up. He was focusing on the whispers. And so often we focus on the gossip. 
We focus on the whispers and we listen to what people say about us in the workplace, in school, in college. And we think, if, oh, I, need to, I need to shrink back. I need to pull this back. No, you need to be an ambassador. You need to be a representative. You need to speak out for God is in your life. You need to be a light that shines. You need to be a place and a voice in a, in a darkness. That's your king. That's your king this morning. Who are you? David, where are you? What are you doing? Encourage yourself in the Lord this morning. Be encouraged. God has brought us through. You're here. You're here. You're alive. Dad, you're alive. You're slow and doing, but you're alive. <laughs> Another year. Another birthday celebrated. You're alive for a purpose, David. You're alive for a purpose. Yes, it seems as so the chips are down again. But my God is faithful. David, as I look back at my life, I've seen how much times its soul has been, its soul, I've escaped him. I've seen so much times it seems as though my end is gone, but God stepped in, and God's got, you're going to step in again. Why? Because I've got a promise. I've got a destiny. God's got a place for me. And I'm going to be the next king of Israel. How about you? How about the words that have been spoken over your lives? How about the seeds or the dreams that's been planted in your spirit? How about the hope that's grown within you? From years ago, you had no hope, no dreams, no aspirations. How about the God dreams? Oh Lord, if only, if only, let's be dreamers again. Let's live the dream that God has placed within us. Let's live every day. Nay, we'd listen to the gospel, but living for the Lord. I'm empty. <laughs> the, the, the tea's all gone. I've poured it out before you. I'm so happy. I made it. I was panicking because I forgot half of us. Yeah? But I'm poured out before you. The word of God is going out. Now what are you going to do with it? I dare you to pray the most dangerous prayer. prayer. Lord, am I where you want me to be? Lord, am I doing what you want me to do? Lord, I give you permission to step in. It's crazy, yeah. Your prayer, prayer like that, we got. And we honesty, in sincerity. And David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And in your house churches, you're going to find out what happened next. Kind of spoil the whole story. Can I tell you the whole, like EastEnders or whatever you watch, there's always a next episode. And I want to encourage you guys, this is just a taste of what's happened in Samuel. Huh? If you want some good reading, then I go to the library, pick up your Bible. Read Samuel. Crazy stuff in there. The EastEnders to shame. Huh? 
Read your Bible. Get to know his word. Let it brew in your heart. Let it tend your spirit. The word, the word says, let his word be tattooed in our heart. It's only tattooed all of our hair. And um, let's, do, let's, let's go for this place. And as we go, just ask ourselves, Lord, like David, examine my heart. Let me examine my cell. And let me go for this place and get all you've got for me. Let me claim back for it was rightfully mine. Went to the enemy's camp and what? Took back what he stole from me. And that's what happened next. And your house churches will find out. So here we go. I'm empty. I made it. I lost my sermon, but I got it back. I just want to thank you for listening. God bless.